welcome back to the Dr. Body Mind Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Jude, and this is a podcast which explores how we can integrate modern medicine and alternative therapies to help you get the holistic health care that you deserve. I will be speaking to healers and seekers, researchers and authors who will share their experiences and the evidence to help guide us all to holistic health. Let's do this. Hallie Brooke is the founder and CEO of Live Nourished Coaching. She is a certified functional medicine nutrition counsellor, nationally board certified health and wellness coach, fitness and nutrition expert, and fierce industry advocate. From her own personal experience overcoming serious GI issues, her mission at Live Nourished Coaching is to make the life-changing power of health coaching accessible to every single person in the U.S., And that is just for starters. So welcome, Hallie. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Hallie, I'm so excited to speak to you today because I am so interested in both functional medicine and health coaching. And here you are, a functional health, a functional medicine health coach. (laughs) So this is perfect. I really want to start at the very beginning. How... Can you, or how do you describe what functional medicine is? Yeah. So functional medicine and integrative medicine are really pretty similar. The difference is that functional medicine focuses on the root cause specifically. So instead of going and playing whack-a-mole with symptoms, either with traditional medicine or with, you know, supplemental or something like that, functional medicine says all of these symptoms are probably coming from one or two places. And so if we go and we heal the root cause of that, if we find where all of those symptoms are coming from, then we resolve that root cause and all the symptoms go away. So for example, things like eczema, psoriasis, anxiety, depression, all of those have roots in the gut. And so instead of giving you an SSRI and a steroid cream and like all of these things, we go and we say, okay, well, if we heal your gut lining and we rebalance that bacteria, everything goes away. Um, Another way that I like to to give the analogy. I love Western medicine. So I always preface that. Like, I think it's a brilliant thing. I almost went into being a a medical doctor. And a lot of times what happens with Western medicine is we walk into a kitchen that's on fire and we turn off the fire alarm and we walk out. Um, We're like, well, it's not beeping anymore. Like you're fine. Um, But actually the kitchen is still burning down. (laughs) And so functional medicine comes in and goes, "Uh, there's a fire in the kitchen. Let's put that out. That's what functional medicine does. That's such a that's such a great analogy. That's such a great analogy, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm so curious as to where those root causes tend to be. But before we go there, um, or actually, no, I will ask. You know, I, I find myself really curious. You talk about gut health um, being mm-hmm. a root cause of many symptoms um, and perhaps disease processes that go on. What other health sort of root causes do you find are commonly attributed to by functional medicine? Yeah, absolutely. So the root cause that we focus on the most at Live Nourish Coaching is gut health. We have found that we can fix almost 90% of things that people come to us with if we focus on the gut first. 
Other issues can be toxicity or mold exposure. So if someone has been exposed to toxins or mold, that really messes up everything downline. That messes up hormones, that causes inflammation, all of these things. Um, so those are two big ones. And then infection is also a big one. When someone gets, you know, like a, an Epstein-Barr virus or a um, a COVID virus or something like that that causes a cytokine storm and then triggers chronic inflammation in the body. And then we get all of these things downline as well. So those are the three that we see the most. Um, I would say that those are really the three main root causes. It's either your gut or it's mold and toxicity or you were exposed and had some infection somewhere down the line that messed things up. And so when we can reverse engineer that and go down to the the base, down to what happened first, and then we can heal what's wrong there, then we start to see progress. Some people in functional medicine call inflammation a root cause, but I call inflammation a secondary root cause because inflammation causes a million things. It causes anxiety, it causes depression, it causes type two diabetes, but that inflammation is being caused by something. And so even though inflammation is the cause of a lot of things downline, it's still not the root cause because that root cause is being caused by something, usually gut health, nutritional imbalances, that kind of stuff. Mm. And it's interesting because when you talk about inflammation being a secondary cause or a secondary root cause, I guess this is why infection is one of your root causes. What piqued my interest there is thinking about what it is about that person that has led to the inflammatory response being dysregulated. So Mm -hmm. obviously infections super common. We deal with them all the time. We don't get symptoms from 99% of them. Um, and even those who with whom we do get symptoms and then quell it, it doesn't cause long-term issues. There's often yep. something about that person and their response to an infective uh, process or um, an, a toxic exposure that then dysregulates the immune response and leads to chronic inflammation. Yep. So do you look at that? What kind of what kind of root causes do you tend to see in those people who do then go on to have dysregulated immune responses to otherwise mildly toxic pathogens that most mm-hmm. people don't don't get affected by? Yeah, absolutely. So this is where, you know, what you do with mind, body, soul medicine comes in. So people who, you know, we should be able to be exposed to some level of mold. It's in every house everywhere and and be okay. There are people who obviously have significantly bigger reactions or, you know, there's, there's a massive difference of people who get Epstein-Barr virus and what ends up happening. And typically what we see in people who have those kind of long-term effects that we then kind of have to reverse engineer is there was some underlying issue to start. Often what those are, are high stress. So your body doesn't have the ability to fight off that infection like it should. Um, Nutritional deficiencies or nutritional imbalances, your body doesn't have the building blocks to take care of itself well. Um, Sometimes there's some sort of, you know, predisposition to an autoimmune kind of thing. Um, We, autoimmune diseases are typically genetic, 
But we, what we like to say in functional medicine is that genes load the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. So if you have a predispensity or a predisposition to an autoimmune disease, you have nutritional deficiencies, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not exercising, you're not sleeping well, you're not resting well, and then you get, you know, some sort of virus that will very likely trigger that autoimmune disease, which will then cause all of these downline symptoms. So that's usually what we see is people don't have enough nutrition. They don't have the right building blocks for their body to fight off issues. Um, and they're not sleeping. They're not resting. Their stress is through the roof. And so their body doesn't have the resources and resiliency to fight that off and bounce back. And so then their body overreacts or underreacts. And then we get all these issues. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. That is that, and and to, and to some degree, it's recognized in Western medicine. You know, mm -hmm. there's an understanding in Western medicine that there are predisposing, predisposing um, genetic uh, factors that may contribute to autoimmunity later in life, and it is often recognized that there's a precipitating factor like a like a big um a big stressor um yes in in someone's life i guess where things differ and i and i'm curious as to where you think things differ is that certainly in the medical model the answer to that autoimmune disease as an example but i'm drawing on it because often inflammation and therefore our immune system is what is targeted yep you we use immunosuppressants so in in multiple forms whether that be steroids or you know many other um immune regulators yep and as i as as you say, I you know it does it doesn't go by me that you know that is very much like switching off the fire alarm. It's suppressing uh -huh. <laughs> the immune response so that that person doesn't experience the symptoms. Right, but it's not, I guess, getting to the root cause of why their immune system is so dysregulated and Correct. has therefore caused cause this reaction in the first place so tell me you've mentioned the pillars through which you the lenses through which you look at it so you're looking at gut you're looking at um i guess lifestyle it, it, mm -hmm. I, hate I hate that terminology actually because it's not <laughs> style it's like your whole life you know it's, how yes. you, it's like your your entire life um and and I, I guess sort of looking at the context within whether there is a sort of ongoing um, pathogen that needs addressing. What's your approach? Where do you start first? What's the common things that we sh we could do for ourselves if we are experiencing um, these symptoms from a functional medicine perspective? Let's start yeah. with the gut. Like, you know, so often we hear, we heal the gut. Yep. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Totally. So we'll start with we'll start with what we do to heal the gut. So um nine times out of ten, someone who is dealing with autoimmune disease or or dealing with some of these kind of bigger issues has gut dysbiosis to some degree. Um, the reason being our our gut lining. And when I talk about gut, obviously gut is everything from our esophagus to our stomach to our small intestine and our large intestine. But usually when we talk about gut health, we're talking about the large intestine. The large intestine epithelial lining is one cell thick which is wild. When you think about the skin under your eyes, that's about 30 cells thick. 
So it's not hard to imagine how you could potentially get a hole in something that is that delicate and that thin. And our gut, our large intestine is in charge of containing all of our fecal matter, our poop, all of our food particles, and the majority of the bacteria in our bodies. And so if that gets a hole in it, right, and we already have some sort of immune dysfunction, now we have poop particles and food particles and bacteria particles and yeast and viruses and all sorts of stuff leaking out of our gut, which then gives our immune system a five alarm fire that there is a foreign invader in our body and our body goes and attacks that, right? Trigger inflammation. If you have a cold, your body is fighting that with inflammation. If stuff is leaking out of your gut every single time you eat, you're having that exact same immune response every single time you eat. And so what happens a lot of times what we see gut health and autoimmune disease being so intricately linked is because you know, someone's immune system is on high alert every single time they eat and in between. And if you have an army that doesn't know what to do with itself, it's going to go start attacking things. It's not going to, it's not supposed to attack. So then we start seeing immune systems attack thyroid with Hashimoto's. We start seeing immune systems attack skin and hair with alopecia. Like we start seeing all of these downline things and we can walk it back and go, oh yeah, you've had leaky gut for the last five years. <laughs> like that's what's going on. And so can we reverse that autoimmune disease? No, we can't because once an autoimmune disease is triggered, it's kind of for life. But what we can do is we can say, okay, well, your immune system is on high alert because your gut is, is a mess. And so that's still a mess. So let's go put that fire out. Let's heal that gut lining. So we need to repair that gut lining. We need to increase that mucosal lining. We need to rebalance the bacteria so you don't get holes. We need to improve your digestion. And then if we solve that inflammatory factor, then your immune system is no longer on high alert and it stops attacking the other parts of your body. And so a lot of times we see if we heal someone's gut, we can slow or stop the progression of an autoimmune disease even though that autoimmune disease is never going to go away. Once someone has Hashimoto's, they have Hashimoto's, but we can prevent them from moving from stage one to stage two or stage two to stage three. Um, once someone has alopecia, they're going to lose their hair. Like we're not going to grow that back, um, but we can stop the progression of additional autoimmune diseases by healing the gut mm. and by, by basically regulating the immune system from the inside out instead of like, let's just suppress your immune system with, with a pill and, you know, turn the fire alarm off, but there's still actually a raging fire. Yes. And just a stress, just a stress. Sometimes we need to, we just, sometimes we need to turn it out quickly and sometimes yes. it's important. And so and yes. as you said before, there are, you know, there's a place for all of this. Um, and so often patients are, you know, find themselves on lifelong medication that, um, have significant side effects and so it really serves them and us all to find other ways to dampen the immune response from and from an inside out really appeals a, approach really appeals to me yes it's something yep, exactly. I would particularly want if, if and to focus on if, if I if I was was suffering from a similar problem so Okay, so you're really healing the gut, and when you say healing the gut, I'm my, my mind is instantly going to add fiber. My mind mm -hmm. is instantly going to add fermented foods. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be thinking about eating the rainbow. Mm -hmm. 
what else am I missing? Are you meaning the same thing as that? Or do you have some specific protocol that you tend to go for? Yeah. So all of those things are really good. So fiber, yes. Um, eating the rainbow, yes. Getting high micronutrients, yes. Prebiotic and probiotic food, yes. And I would put all of those things more in a maintenance category than in a healing category. So once we already have gut dysbiosis, once we already have holes in our gut, you know, eating more fiber might help bulk our stool. It might help, you know, decrease diarrhea or decrease constipation, but it's still not going to heal those holes. So what we do, and this comes from Institute for Functional Medicine, we go through the five R's of, of gut healing and, and it live nourished just from our research and our, our time working with clients. We've actually changed one of the R's from IFM. So our R's are remove. So step one is to remove any food, <clears throat> excuse me, remove any food that could be causing issues. So um, we remove gluten, we remove dairy, we remove corn, we remove anything that is a high flyer for a food intolerance and a high flyer for inflammation. We don't remove it forever. And that's where a lot of people go wrong when they try to heal their gut by themselves is they just cut everything out and they're like, okay, I'm good. No, (laughs) you're not. You just, you know, removed the knife from the cut. Um, but that's all we did. We didn't actually heal anything. So step one is remove, but we don't stop there. Step two is repair. So repair means we need those cells to come back together with that tight gap junction protein in between so that that epithelial lining can heal. And part of that repair process is also rebuilding the mucosa lining in our gut. So part of the reason that we can have a one cell thick epithelial lining in our GI tract is we have this really thick mucosa lining that acts like a protective barrier or a Band-Aid. And a lot of times with people who eat kind of the standard American diet or a lot of fried food, a lot of processed food, a lot of food high in sugar, a lot of acidic food, that mucosa lining gets broken down and disappears, which is again, why we get holes in the gut. If we don't have a protective lining, you know, then the sandpaper is rubbing on the thing. The sandpaper is not supposed to rub on. So step two is repair. So healing that gut lining and also rebuilding that mucosa lining. And we do that with a couple of different supplements um, that just help rebuild that mucosa lining. I also like to say that mucosa lining kind of acts like a bandaid. So if you have a cut you put a Band-Aid on it, right? The Band-Aid doesn't heal it, but it protects the cut while it heals. Mucosal lining does the same thing. So remove, repair. The next step is re-inoculate. So when someone has leaky gut or gut dysbiosis, usually we also see that go along with an overgrowth of the bad stuff and an undergrowth of the good stuff. They don't have enough good bacteria and they have too much of the bad bacteria. And actually what people also don't think about is what's in our gut is not just bacteria. It's also yeast, funguses, viruses, and there's good yeast, fungus, and viruses, just like there's good bacteria. And there's bad yeast, fungus, and viruses. And so a lot of times, again, when people try to do this on their own, they'll go take a probiotic from the grocery store and it might help or it might not, but it probably only has bacteria. It very likely doesn't have research-backed strains of bacteria, which is really important. There are billions of strains and there are some that we know are really helpful and there are some that we know are really expensive and do nothing. Um, so we want to make sure that you're getting a probiotic that is that has the strains that we know are going to heal, but that also has beneficial yeast and beneficial viruses along with the beneficial bacteria because a probiotic over the counter is is really pretty much a waste of money in most cases. So um, remove, repair, re-inoculate. Then the fourth step is rebalance. So rebalance is where we come into a lot of other lifestyle pieces. If you're not sleeping, you can't heal your gut. If you are chronically stressed and you have cortisol pumping through your body, cortisol causes your tight gap junctions in your epithelial lining of your gut 
to separate. So if you are dealing with chronic stress, um, we can't heal your gut. So we have to rebalance everything about your life in order for this healing to actually heal and stick. The other thing that cortisol does is actually changes the microbia in your gut. Um, that's why when you get really stressed, sometimes you get diarrhea, like that your the bacteria in your gut is actually changing in response to that cortisol. So rebalancing lifestyle factors are really important. And then the fifth step is to reintroduce. We don't want our clients to live on an elimination diet forever. It's not sustainable. You can't go out to eat. You can't do anything. And you actually end up usually in nutritional deficiencies because the things we remove are not necessarily bad. They have good nutritional value. They're just causing issues in the short term. So those are the five steps. So remove, repair, re-inoculate, rebalance, and reintroduce. Um, and usually when we do that, we see almost all, if not all symptoms go away because we solved the root cause, which removes the inflammation, which means that all other symptoms that are linked to inflammation vanish. Wow, that's so clearly <laughs> explained. I really appreciate that explanation. Thanks. So, wow. Okay, so that's that's the gut, molds and toxins. Now, as a medical doctor, this mm-hmm. somehow sounds so controversial. Yeah, um, to 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 be talking about, um, because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of evidence that I was taught in medical school that actually supports an overgrowth of mold um, in many patients. And there's so many patients who have unexplained symptoms that we just don't know what they're coming from. And I've recently went to a conference the very eminent um, mold and toxicology doctor presenting some really interesting data. So I think that the tide is turning, but I also um, feel very aware that it's something that the medical community may be in denial over or doesn't really pay a lot of attention to. So tell me, what's your experience with then dealing with, you know, diagnosing mold as an overgrowth? What kind of symptoms do you feel that do, do you tend to see? And then how do you how do you tend to deal with it? Yeah, absolutely. So when we deal with mold and toxicity, you're right. It it's a newer field. Um, it's not something that has been recognized. If you go Google, you know, mold toxicity dash NCBI, there are now probably over a hundred studies, you know, publicly reviewed, peer-reviewed studies on mold and toxicity and what it does in our body. And so that's super cool that you went and listened to that doctor because it it is a thing. Um, and you're right, it's it's more of a new thing. Um not new in terms of like mold and toxicity affects our body, but new in terms of our awareness of what mold and toxicity does. So um, this is something that we tag team with a doctor always because as health coaches, we do not diagnose. That's out of our scope of practice. Um, But we do, you know, our line of work, we end up being kind of the last resort for a lot of people who have a lot of symptoms that they've gone to traditional Western medicine for and have gotten no answers. And so one of the things that we do... as health coaches is we help educate people and empower people on on what to go ask their practitioners for. And then we have a handful of practitioners that we partner with directly who, when we, when we see someone come in and we're like, mm, that sounds like mold, <laughs> um, we can partner with that that practitioner and send them out, you know, for testing and stuff, because there's, there's, there are things that are outside of scope of practice 
for a health coach and a nutritionist when it comes to mold and toxicity that we really need a doctor to, to kind of oversee. And then there are things that are absolutely within our power as health coaches, um, to help with, with lifestyle modification and helping people figure out what's going on in their houses and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, mold and toxicity, again, sort of like gut health are a weird set of symptoms and it, they, they look a lot alike. It's depression and anxiety. It is, um, brain fog. It is lack of energy. It is, um, you know, severe nutrient deficiencies, mold kind of blocks some of our, our body's ability to absorb things like vitamin B and stuff like that. And so oftentimes when someone comes directly to us, we start with our gut because mold and toxicity are actually, I would say fairly rare. Um, first for that to be the root cause is, is less common than for it to be, you know, infection or, or gut health. So we start with gut and if we make zero progress with gut, which is also pretty rare, then we say, okay, there's something else going on. So then we refer to a doctor. We, we say, you know, like, I think we need to go get mold tested. So we refer to a practitioner who can test for mold. And then what we do with that practitioner is we do a collaborative care model. So what that practitioner is going to do is that practitioner is going to do like a set of binders to help bind up that mold and those toxins in that person's body. That's something that has to be done under medical supervision. It is not safe to do on your own. And if you're listening to this podcast, please do not go Google binders and take them. Like you, you can cause yourself so much damage. Um, so, so that doctor is going to work through kind of that medical model and binders and, and bind up that mold. And then on the health coaching side, we're going to be working on optimizing that person's nutrition so that their body actually can process toxic toxins. Um, because one of the things that we see with, with toxicity issues is, you know, we're all exposed to toxins all day, every day, walking down the street, you're breathing air that has exhaust that has toxins. If you eat food with plastic that has toxins, if you touch something that's been Lysol that has toxins, like you, you cannot remove all of your exposure to toxins, but our body has processes by which our body processes toxins very well. We're quite efficient at it. And so when we see someone who has a toxicity issue, that tells us that there's actually an underlying cause that their body is not processing that correctly. And so that means usually, again, um, nutrient deficiency, like their body doesn't have the nutrients that it needs for their liver and their kidneys to properly process stuff. Um, and so we're going to work on the nutrition side. We're going to work on the lifestyle side. We're going to work on eliminating as many toxins as we can from their home, right? Changing their skincare routine, changing their, their lotion, changing the stuff that they use to clean their home, changing out glass or plastic for glass, those kind of things on the lifestyle side. And then we're also going to help them navigate, you know, if it is a mold issue, again, which would be diagnosed by their doctor, where is that mold coming from in their home and what are their options to do that? You know, do we need to sell the home and move? Do we need to do mold mitigation? Is this actually mold from a home that you lived in before and we just need to heal your body and you're going to be fine? That's what we do from the health coaching side. And so with mold and toxicity specifically, that collaborative care model is vital and one of the things that we see too, sometimes we'll have clients come to us from a mold doctor and they'll say, you know, like I'm doing all these binders and I'm doing all these things and it's not getting better. Well, it's not getting better because we don't have any of the lifestyle things in place. Um, versus like, you know, if we just did the lifestyle things, it's also probably not going to get better because we're not getting the toxins out of your body. So that's where that, that practitioner health coach model is so powerful because we each hold a piece of the puzzle, but neither of us are the full puzzle in ourselves. So that's what we do with mold and toxicity. And that segues us into so nicely about talking about this relationship between 
medical practitioner and health coaches because actually at this conference I went to just a few months ago it's becoming even a practice here over in the UK that health coaches are being slowly introduced into some GP practices now that's not common um, Mm -hmm. but it seems as though it will become more and more common because there's there's an increasing kind of um need for 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 health coaches to come and assist doctors with behavior change um, yes. and in their patients and doctors just do not have the time in a 7 minute consultation <laughs> no to, to 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 engage with 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 the with the, with the depth of conversation and the relationship that's required in order to really move the needle for some people for most people um yes. if they want to make some really um key changes in their life so tell me what how have you seen this relationship work? I mean, you've you've described an example of um, of it working just there, but what else apart from perhaps behavior change um, do you uh, do you work with in regards to sort of slotting within the the medical model? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Doctors don't have time to help patients with the lifestyle changes that are going to move the needle. Um, in a seven minute appointment, you do not have time to talk about how to read the label at a grocery store and talk about real sugar versus fake sugar and talk about, you know, what, what the difference between organic and non-organic, the difference between, you know, Lysol wipes that are super toxic and, and some other kind of wipes that are not like you, there's just no way. And those are the things that actually change health and wellness outcomes for people is, is what those people go home and do on a Tuesday, every single day of every single week. That's what affects their health, not necessarily what they're doing in that seven minute appointment. And so what health coaches, what we, we specifically specialize in is the science of behavior change. So, you know, my team and myself were versed in functional medicine because that's, that's what I love. And that's what I believe in. Um, and but really what we specialize in is we specialize in positive psychology we specialize in the science of behavior change and what that looks like is the whole spectrum from you know us talking about something kind of on the mold the mold toxicity side but then also us talking about type 2 by diabetes us talking about someone who just had a triple bypass surgery and now has to change everything about the way they move and live and stress and eat in order to not have another triple bypass surgery. And so that's where health coaches come in. And I think that's something that really sets my team apart, myself and my team specifically, is our range and our versatility because we focus on lifestyle. Um, there's a doctor, Dr. James Nickel, D. Nickel Antonio, who I love, who says, if you have a doctor who prescribes you a medication without first asking you about your sleep, your stress, your relationships, your nutrition, and your movement, you have a drug dealer, not a doctor. Um, the problem is in a seven minute appointment, that's all you can do. <laughs> you can assess the problem and you can prescribe a pill. And so that's where health coaches come in is we are the ones who come in and we have conversations with your clients about sleep. We have conversations about stress. We have conversations about movement. We have conversations about food and nutrition. And then we start to help people make two degree shifts 
to change those things in a way that when you come back for your next doctor appointment, you're in a very different place because you've done something completely different for the last three weeks. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a huge overview, but the beauty of health coaching is that we're not experts in medicine, right? Like we are not experts in, in, we're not experts in medicine, but we are experts in behavior change. And we understand that the same principles that are going to help you heal your gut are the exact same principles that are going to help you lower your A1C, are the exact same principles that are going to help you um, lose weight if you're morbidly obese. They are the exact same principles that are going to help you reduce your stress and not have a second heart attack or stroke. The, the principles are the same. And the magic is, is, is this this more intimate relationship that health coaches can have because we have 30 minutes, we have 45 minutes, we have 55 minutes that are not astronomically expensive because we're not medical professionals. And so we really get to see patients eye to eye. And then we also get to bridge that gap between patients and doctors where a doctor has seven minutes, that's it. But a doctor cares. Like I have not yet met a doctor who got into medicine and wanted to have seven minute interactions with people like doctors care so deeply about their patients. And so what health coaches get to do is we get to come in and we get to bridge that gap and keep that practitioner informed and keep them up to date and help them actually practice medicine the way that they want to practice medicine because, because we're able, we're able to do some of the things that they're not. Yeah. I mean, as you were speaking, I, 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 I was, I was thinking, oh, I think I'd like her job. Like <laughs> you know, that's actually, um, yeah, that's, that's such a fulfilling part of, of, of the work. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of doctors are, are feeling quite despondent and are feeling quite disheartened that a lot of their practice actually, um, doesn't get to include um, informing, educating, um, supporting their patients towards a healthier lifestyle. And we're so often um, with our back against a wall, um, needing to react fast um, yeah. to a building and yeah. ever growing healthcare crisis, um, and yes. which, which is not really serving anyone best no thing no patients alike um so it's really it, it does feel more fulfilling and encouraging even as a doctor knowing that there are people able to pick up where I left off and yes. to really support them in making the changes that I may have suggested in 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 the interaction um alongside all the other things that I have to cover um yeah. being in the position that that I am so this is just a lovely team that I see hopefully expanding um not just in the states but actually um back here in the U- in the UK Yes. Yes. And amen. Another thing that I think is really beautiful in that kind of collaborative care model, one of the practitioners that we work with. So part of what I do, you know, we, we have a direct to client model. So we, we take clients off the street. You can come work with us, but we also have a second side of our business where we plug health coaches into medical practices to make health coaching more accessible for medical practices. Um, and one of the doctors that we work with right now, who's amazing, she's super cool. She's a, a, a ERMD who's also trained as a naturopath. And she said, I want to be the detective. I don't want to be the handholder. 
And I think that's what how a lot of doctors feel. Like they want to figure out what's going on and they want to help that person get better, but they don't necessarily want to or have the time to like hold that person's hand through the process of changing their lifestyle. And so that's, I love that language for how, how practitioners and health coaches work together is it lets you as the practitioner do what you do best, which is be the detective, diagnose, figure out what's going on and create the plan. Like this is what you need to do. And then you hand that plan off to the health coach. And you know, if you can picture two people like holding hands, skipping down the street, that's what the health coach does, right? Like we take the plan and, and we go hold their hand and walk them through it. Um, and I, I love that. So it, it lets health coaching allows doctors to practice medicine the way medicine was designed to be practiced um, and gives, gives patients, you know, a hundred times better patient results. The studies on health coaching show that plugging in even a mediocre health coach into your practice can increase patient results by 75%. Plugging in a board certified health coach can increase patient results by 115%. And that's, that's pretty powerful. That's really powerful. That's really powerful. And in an age of, you know, over-prescribing um, that is really doing the patients a disservice with all the complications of polypharmacy, doing our health service a total disservice at the cost at which that 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 um, that that brings. Um, there is a really compelling argument for the need um, that we uh, the need we have to really support people in changing um in changing their lifestyle. I mean there's no point me saying to someone you need to lose weight um if I don't <laughs> right. actually have any time or in fact expertise or knowledge in how to actually um help that person through doing that in a very individualized way as well. I mean, everyone's different and, and we need to, we need to be able to speak to that. So I really see this exactly. collaboration, you know, being a really powerful one. And I love hearing the the research to go about that because again, that makes um, the case so much stronger, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and the, uh, yeah, it strengthens, strengthens the, strengthens, strengthens the, the, um, the case. That's very, um, mm-hmm. very, very, terrible language um <laughs> this is a fairly new idea i guess as, as i mentioned before it's 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 um only been introduced to very few medical practices here in the uk i'm wondering you know i guess over the pond you're a little bit more further into the story is it common practice or is it still again quite a quite a new collaborative relationship that is building what's the overall context about how things are in the current in the current landscape right now over there yeah great question it's also still pretty new here um it's gaining traction because practices who plug in a health coach go oh <laughs> this actually works way better than what we were doing but it's still pretty new so in the united states health coaching is still a really unregulated industry um, which is partly why companies like my exist, companies like um, Functional Medicine Coaching Ca- Academy exist. It's also why the national board exists. Um, because it's an unregulated industry, it's not like a dietitian where you have to be registered. In the US right now, it's if you you know do beach body and eat vegetables, you can call yourself a health coach. And that's actually really dangerous because 
we end up having people who are practicing medicine uh, without a medical license. And that's super dangerous. We actually had a client come to us probably eight months ago now who was like, yeah, I worked with this other health coach and they prescribed me all these different supplements. And I'm on like 38 supplements because that's what they told me to do. And I'm like, oh my God, like a health coach should never be prescribing supplements ever. <laughs> like that is so outside of our scope of practice. So it's it's a, it's a new industry and it's it's becoming more regulated, but people like that really put kind of a damper on people like us who are nationally board certified. So what's happening in the industry is um, the National Board of Medical Examiners has recognized health coaching as an incredibly powerful and important health profession. And so there is now a national board exam, just like there is for brain surgeons. There's one for health coaches through the National Board of Medical Examiners. And that's what myself and my whole team are. I will not hire a health coach unless you either have your national board certification or my company also hires interns who are working towards that national board certification because we are huge industry advocates for the actual power of health coaching, the transformative power that health coaches have in that collaborative care model. And we really want to be an advocate in the industry for, for more regulation so that you know, the people like whoever this health coach was, who was really actually doing dangerous things, um, that, that they don't have as much of a voice. Um, so that's, that kind of gives you a picture is we're moving towards regulation. The national board exam for health coaches is now eight years old. So still, I mean, baby new in its infancy, but growing, um, there are about eight, eight, accredited health coaching academies that accredit you to sit for board exams. There are only three of those that I personally hire from. Um, there are, you know, health co coaching certifications are anywhere from like a weekend to a full year long program. Um, the three that I hire from are year long programs. So it's functional medicine, coaching Academy, um, Institute of integrative nutrition, and then Dr. Sears wellness Academy that are full year long programs you know, they're, they're like master's degree level kind of programs that qualify you to sit for boards. Um, and so that's kind of the picture. Harvard Health published a journal article a year and a half ago that said, health coaching is the future of medicine. And any practitioner that does not have a health coach by the end of 2024 will have fallen behind the medical curve. So that's that's partly where this agency model in my business comes from is, is we want to be an advocate not only for high quality board certified in scope of practice health coaches, but we also want to be a force in, in the world for this collaborative care model and, and doctors being able to have health coaches. Um, so that's kind of a long answer to your question, but the, to sum up, it's still new in the United States. It's not common practice, but it's becoming more so. It's still unregulated, but it is becoming more so. And so, you know, if you're a if you're a patient, a person listening to this, and you want to hire a health coach, do your research. Find a health coach who is nationally board certified. Find a health coach who came out of one of those institutions, FMCA, IIN, or Dr. Sears. Do not go with the health coach on the internet that you keep seeing on Instagram. You're not safe. Um, and then, if you're a doctor, if you're a medical practitioner listening to this get yourself a health coach like ASAP. Um, and same thing, do your research. If you want to talk to me, I do consulting for business for medical practices to help you find a good health coach. Um, but either way, get a health coach, just do your research and make sure that they're quality. Mm, that is such good <laughs> advice. We are sort of a soapbox. Well, we, I think you, you raise a really good point, which is regulation. And, um, I think there, 
we are slightly protected from that over here in our national health service. So we have very little private practice in general in the UK. Um, And so in some ways that protects us. Mm -hmm. However, um, however, I'm, I find myself really curious as to finding out what the equivalent regulatory rules are around health coaches here. Um, I know we have um, some health coaches that are trained under NHS recognized um, certifications. Um, and so that's, that's, I think that's good in most of the ways, but also limits mm-hmm. them in the scope through which they can also practice. So it's a, it's a nuanced field, this field of regulation, but you draw on um, really important points that without it, we really have people um, who can call themselves anything and prescribe all sorts of supplements. And just because something's a supplement or something is natural doesn't mean it's safe or in fact useful. Right. So we need to be really careful about um, who we're getting good information from. And especially in a sort of social media age where everyone's a sort of wellness in, you know, influencer. <laughs> Yeah. And self-proclaimed health coach, we've got to be doubly, doubly careful. Um, yeah. so 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 yeah. Um now, you know, I, I mean you you seem like an absolute force of nature, Hallie. Um <laughs> set to do huge things for patients, the industry, um, and the growth of good quality health coaches um in in the world. And I and I really thank you for for that pioneering work that you are that you are doing and for coming on here today to explain it so clearly so succinctly um and so credibly so thank, thank you, you very much thank you for having me it's been an honor truly and and what you're doing <clears throat> with with mind body medicine and and creating resources for people is also so powerful because you are a doctor who sees the sleep and the stress and the food as, as medicine. So I hand that compliment. I take that compliment. Thank you. And I hand it right back to you. So thank you so much, Hallie, for talking so succinctly, so clearly and explaining these concepts for us. And also, um, you know, the role of, of, uh, health coaches in the future of medicine, where can people learn more about what you do and find out about you and your services? Thank you so much, Dr. Jude. It's, it's truly been an honor. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So our website, www.livenourishedcoaching, L-I-V-E-N-O-U-R-I-S-H-E-D, coaching.com is the best place to find us, whether you're a patient or a practitioner. So if you're a patient, you can go there, you can book a free call on our calendar and we will help you get pointed in the right direction, whether that's working with us or working with someone else. Um, And if you're a practitioner listening to this going, oh man, I really want a health coach in our practice. I would love to help you get a health coach plugged into your practice. So same thing, go to our website, click on work with us, click on four medical practices, and let's have a conversation about what that looks like, whether that's one of our health coaches or getting a health coach plugged in. And because of our licensure, we actually practice across state lines and internationally. So we're based in the United States, but we have clients in Australia. We have clients in Canada. We have clients in Mexico. So wherever you're listening from, go to our website, www.livenourishedcoaching.com. And I can't wait to talk to you. Thank you for listening, Body, Mind, Soul Seekers. If you want to connect with trusted alternative therapists, learn more about what they do and how they can help you, check out my new holistic healthcare platform, The Witchy Women. 
or if you are a holistic healer that wants to serve and help more people, book in a discovery call with me. Find more details at thewitchywomen.com. To show your support for this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Thank you all so much. Until next time.